Hi everyone, you're tuned into them, that, and this. This is episode 23, and today we're going to talk about George Floyd, the protest, basically everything that's going down in America right now. Now, my opinion personally, I don't feel like it really matters that much because I live here in Israel. You know, I've been here for like the past five years almost. So I don't really know a whole lot about what's going on in America. But my good friend Marcos in LA, he does. Now, he's been going to protest over there. He's been following it on the news. He's been living the black experience since 1990. So, you know, he got he has a lowdown on what's going on. And if you don't remember Marcos, I had him on the show before. He was on episode 8. He was pretty much giving his background and talking about, you know, his gay experience coming out of the closet. And if you want to know more about him, you could listen to that episode. Anyway, that's enough with the intro. Let's go into this. Them, that, and this. Episode 22, 23. My bad. And if you want to, feel free to subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. Whatever. Fuck all that. Here we go. The episode. I was in Texas. I had just finished driving from New York to Texas. And a lovely trip, by the way. You know, you drive across America, you can get... You can be really deceived by its beauty but even driving you know you see a bunch of um the areas that i particularly drove in you know um going towards the south and uh tornado alley you see a lot of trump signs a lot of trump stickers a lot of people who are so fully fully supporting um donald trump which is just you know perplexing to me even now you know considering all the things he's continuously saying but um So I remember being home and, you know, scrolling through, like, my phone and coming across um, another video. I believe I was on Twitter. And they were like, look at the police. Look at this, um, another white cop, you know, murdering um, another African-American man, trying to arrest him. Knee on his neck. There's, like, an over nine-minute video of this officer with his knee on his neck very hard to watch like i watched it like with like it was fucking terrible it was awful man i like, couldn't watch it the first time i could not watch it the first time it was um 
I think I clicked on the video, and for the first 15 seconds, like, my gut started wrenching, and I just started feeling this emotion that I could not fathom to feel in that moment. Um, and I had to, like, I had to completely forget. I, I couldn't go through it at that moment because it was just way too painful um, to watch this black man, like my brother, my father, my uncle, my grandfather, my sister, my mother, this guy shouting, I can't breathe, screaming out for his mother. You know, eventually I've seen more parts of the video now. And since then, you know, when people go out there and protest, you know, and seeing all of these signs and there was this one sign that I saw um, where it was this girl that I was like when George Floyd was saying, mom, mama, mama, help me. That's when he was calling every single mother. Like if you are a mother, if you have a child, particularly if you have a young black child, like that is your child screaming out to you to help him. There is this white man, there is this white terrorist, this supremacist, this ideology, this system bearing down on his neck and ultimately suffocating the shit out of him. You want to wear something that upset me also? Like, it was fucking upsetting as fuck that this guy was getting killed by his fucking cop. But it also upset me that, like, nobody rushed the cops. Like, nobody did anything but fucking record it. There was, like, a group of fucking people surrounding this guy get, getting killed. And, like, people were just yelling. Like, there were only four cops. Like, they could have fucking bum-rushed them and got and like... Or at least, like, thrown something at one of them to, like... To, to get them to, like, move off the guy's neck. But, like, mm -hmm. nobody really did shit. And that was, but like, see, something that... It really infuriated me. I, I probably wouldn't do anything either, though. Like, I'm not in that yeah. position, so I can't like, say anything, you know? I think... I, wa I was moments, wondering it. Uh, um, LA's curfew just got lifted right now, by the way. So there's no curfew today. Um, that's good. But, um... I think even in, in those moments, I... I just you, you I can't blame people for how they respond in those types of moments. I don't think even they fully realize what's going on. Like um there was um I believe the cop who was kind of holding everyone back was a smaller Asian um male. Yeah. Um and I don't think I'm not trying to give him any type of credit, but I don't think he realized what was entirely going on and what this situation would turn out to become. You know, because they probably, have, I don't know how many times in their life, especially that particular cop, that they've they've done something like this and they've gotten away with it, and it wasn't a big deal. Um, they all had complaints against them, like past complaints. I yeah, read about well, they're that. they're all being charged now, which is great, and I know that one particular officer is being charged with uh, second degree murder. Yeah, um, do you but think even they're actually like? Like, I think back to, like, the Rodney King trial, where, like, mm -hmm. they had all those cops up for, like, uh, assault, and they all got away with it. Like, do you think this cop is going to, like, walk free at the end of the day? I feel like if that happens, like... No, like, I don't it think has so. to get Shit has to go on fire, man, if that shit happens. Like, people have to tear shit up if they let that guy go. Like, no fucking way. Yeah, I... For... A lot can happen. I'm not, you know... But I don't... 
I think that would be the stupidest thing. Just being out, being completely logical about it, like that would be the most dumbest thing that our system could do. And I mean, it could very well do it. It's done it in the past, but I think if they truly wanted to just blow shit the fuck up, you know, and cause chaos and cause, you know, more riots, more protests, more looting, it would be this situation. It would be that officer not, not being tried for murder and not being found guilty. Like, I hope to God he is charged for murder. But if he walks free, I'm not going to be shocked at all. Like, that would not be shocking. I feel like that's almost typical of America to let something like that happen. You know? Yeah, I think even now, though, I think we're organizing more. We're being, we're informing more. And people are informing themselves even more. More people are angry. And more people are actually doing something about it. Um, instead of just, you know not being active, not being passive, not having a conversation about it, you know. So I do think I do see us moving forward. I still think that we're going to continuously struggle for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think with maybe even within our lifetime we'll be able to fully realize the change that we truly want to see within our entire world, not even just here in America, but like our entire world, because shit's not only fucked up here in America. There's Oh, all over all every single part of the world. It's just, it's heart wrenching. What's going on everywhere, including here. They they just killed that Palestinian guy like four days ago, like some uh, special needs student, like, yo, he was like, the cops started calling him and he was scared, mm-hmm. so he started running and they shot him like three times. You know, like, just sh- killed him, like, right there in, like, uh, Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Fucked up shit, you know? It's just. We have to be completely, completely uncomfortable about a system violating our human rights. And that's ultimately what we're fighting for. The moment black people in America become more equal that's the moment more people become more equal because it's not just a fight for us particularly because if we win then everybody wins you know if the Mexicans win more of us will win you know and ultimately when we're able to come together in that sense I think things will become better but it's going to take time I mean, if you look 50 years in the past, things have definitely gotten better. So I wonder where things are going to be in another 50, you know? Like, hopefully <laughs> better. For sure, they must be, you know? Probably we'll not have, completely better, but a little better, you know? We'll have bias towards AIs and uh, robots and shit in like 100 years. So you were, at, you were up the protest, right? Like, you actually went to a few or a couple. Uh, I went to a protest in Santa Monica. Um, I and I, I brought a friend with me. Uh, I brought mm-hmm. one of my white friends with me. Uh, yeah, my white uh, my friend Zach. Shout out to Zach. Uh, he's pretty. He's pretty dope. And yeah. um, I was like, we're going to this protest, and we started driving down the freeway. Mm-hmm. And. As we get, um, if you're familiar with LA, you know, as you leave downtown um, mm-hmm. and you're on the 10 freeway going towards Santa Monica, it's just this kind of long stretch of yeah. highway until you get to the beach. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so as we made our way out of downtown, you know, we're sitting there cruising. I'm sitting there blasting my music. Um, and all of a sudden we hear sirens and it's going, woo, 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 woo. And then behind us, there are like literally like 10 to 12 cop cars zooming down the fucking highway. Shit. And we're just, we, everyone's like slowing down and like pulling over um, as these mm-hmm. cops make their way forward. And we're like, dude, they're going to Santa Monica. They're going to Santa Monica for that protest. Um, and so as we, we pulled into Santa Monica, maybe like 15 minutes later, because they, you know, you had to make your way for them. Yeah. Um, and as we got out, we can see the protests happening. And I was like, ah, oh, I got to find a place to park. I got to find a place to park. Um, Probably not easy, I imagine, finding a place to park. No, yeah, I didn't think it was going to be easy because, like, you pull in right into the area where shit's happening, you know? Yeah. Where there are huge crowds or cop cars or people protesting, you know, there's a... How big How big was the, the mass of people? Like, how many people were at this protest? Um, initially, I couldn't... I remember when I had gotten a video, mm-hmm. I had waited maybe, I want to say, two to three minutes for them to pass by so i wouldn't say it was like a thousand it was a couple hundred people maybe okay if i were to guesstimate like seven to eight hundred people maybe that's pretty big that's a lot of people Um, for sure no it was a lot um yeah because it it took time for them to pass by but it was like the people in Hong Kong where those bitches they go out in like hundreds of thousands yeah um, fuck which is great for them so how was it that day how was the weather by the way just cause it's June I imagine it's hot as fuck but yeah, maybe not that out. in LA the sun was yeah. out it was hot you felt the heat um so as I found my um I actually did find a place to park um but as I was finding a place to park um, yeah. literally people started looting and it was a completely separate group than the, than where the protest was happening. Yeah. Um, because the protests, like they, um, the crowd that was moving through the streets, they had kind of moved on forward slightly. And uh-huh. as we were trying to find a place to park, there was this place to the right of us that people just started tearing into. We're just like, Oh shit. Oh shit. we got to get out of this area. we got to get out of this area because there were helicopters flying ahead. There were cops that were pulling in. I eventually found a place mm-hmm. to park. Um, we go outside. Zach and I were trying to look, um, find the front of the line. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's hot outside, dude. Like, the sun's blazing. Um, we eventually find uh, the protests maybe, like, twenty after 20 minutes of walking around. Because um, mm-hmm. they were moving. Like, they were moving around um, Santa Monica and towards Venice Beach and then going back towards yeah. Santa Monica as well. Um, so we joined them, you man, and we were chanting and we were holding our signs and there were people driving by who were, you know, honking in support and they were shouting and there were people who had medical supplies and people who were giving out water and people who were sharing their stories, um, people mm-hmm. who were encouraging. Cause you know, some, as you continue chanting and you're in the heat for that long, you know, it can get sometimes taxing where it's like, Oh. All right, let's yeah, take a, a, up. a break for this block, and you know, and then someone will come in and be like, "Nah, no justice, no peace. Hands up, don't shoot." Um, yeah. 
And it was just, it was really inspiring and encouraging to be around everybody, you know, and white people were there. There were Mexicans there. There were Jewish people who were there. Like, it was just everyone there coming together to shout out loudly that Black Lives Matter. Um, which, which is really beautiful, you know? Mm-hmm. That actually shows what a step forward we've taken as a society because, you know, back with the, with the like, you know, the Rodney King riots in, in 1992. Yo, they were like pulling white people out of their cars and beating them, and like you know the whole Reginald Denny thing. You know the guy they 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 punted a brick on his head or something. And like, um, yeah. So it's kind of cool that there's like that unity of people giving a shit, you know? Yeah, that's that's something that's really fortunate. Um, yeah. For our protest initially, because that's mm-hmm. not the way it ended. Um, and we kept chanting, this is a peaceful protest. This is a peaceful protest. Yeah. Um, and it just didn't end peacefully. Um, as we made our way to kind of an area, uh, you know, um, I don't know if, if you're familiar with Santa Monica, there's mm-hmm. a ramp that goes directly onto the pier. Um, yeah. And then that's, uh, I believe it's either Pacific Coast Highway or it's Ocean Boulevard. Um mm-hmm. But that like going corner, to Malibu and shit like that. Yeah, if you take that highway, you'd yeah. go straight to Malibu. Um, yeah. That corner uh, was blocked off. And we had kind of met this other group um, who had already been there um, mm-hmm. because the cops didn't want to let us... Uh, they didn't want us to continuously move forward. And so you had... I couldn't tell you how many people were there uh, blocked off. Um, but I remember other celebrities just from talking to other people and seeing Twitter and Instagram. I think that's where one of the Sprouse brothers got arrested. Um, Mm -hmm. And Halsey, I don't know if you're familiar with who she is, but she's a pop star out here. Um, She was there at that protest too. Um, And we kind of made, uh, everyone got closer uh, to where this little makeshift barricade was. And we just kept shouting out, hands up, don't shoot, hands up, don't shoot, hands up, don't shoot. Um, and then I lost Zach in the crowd. I don't know where the hell he went. Um, and I'm trying to get some um, some video, and I'm like moving my camera around, and all of a sudden, like bullets just start, or I assume rubber bullets, shrapnel, whatever the hell it was. Mm-hmm. They just start firing, and we're just like, oh shit, you know. Um, and I start moving. Could and you see stop. the cops firing? Could you see yes. like? It was coming okay. directly, directly from them. That shit hurt. Wow. Um, uh, I felt it once. Um, I didn't feel it the first time. It was the second round that they did after they th- threw the first round of tear gas of when I was there. Um, yeah. Um, that tear gas, I felt that shit, and that burns as well. That burns really bad. That shit. Yeah, it's fucked up. <laughs> um, and so I was trying to make my way to a different part of this little front makeshift barricade area um and then mm-hmm. i move slightly backwards um and then i turn around and i see people like running towards me then this piece of shrapnel it hits something and then like it bounces off something then it hits uh it hits me directly in my leg and i'm just mm-hmm. like i'm sitting there trying to record and i'm like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck and then i have to move um even further back um and then start throwing more tear gas and it was at that point that more people started to disperse. Um, and then there was a smaller group of people that, mm-hmm. you know, they, I guess 
they tried to continue the protest that was going on, but they people really just started dispersing after that um, into smaller groups, and things got a little more confusing then. Um, and so curfew was just being initiated. I believe curfew was um, at 5 p.m. then, and so we knew by then if we weren't if we were going to stay out that we were possibly either going to get arrested, you know, possibly get beaten or tased or something because that's what they were doing to people who were breaking curfew. How um, long, where, how, how far does the curfew like extend to like, is the curfew all over Southern California or just LA? It's Los Angeles and Los Angeles County. So, okay, so it's even in like, it's even in like West Covina, Baldwin park and correct. all these places. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we had helicopters, like three different helicopters flying over uh, our our area this morning. So it's um, a ghost town then. Like after five o'clock, like even Baldwin Park is a ghost town. Yeah, well, I haven't been outside. Um, wow. I think I went outside once because uh, there was a mm-hmm. store open. We went to go get um, went to get something to drink, you know, to kind of pass the time. Um, and it was actually by uh, this uh, this old place uh, in West Covina that you're probably f- uh, familiar with, this little liquor store that was still open. Because they're like, are you going to close? Oh, are you going to close? Hi-ho liquor? Like, nah, we're Is it hi-ho? Yep, it's hi-ho. Huh? I knew it. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> 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 uh, um, so but, uh, have, you, have you been to another protest like since? Um, I have not been to another protest since. Um, what was your, say, do you want to go to another one? I do. Um, and I will be going to another one. I went, um, I was going to go to one yesterday that I didn't have all the information about. Um, yeah. Cause it was a, it was a protest joining with another cause. And I was like, well, I'm slightly confused. I don't have all the information for this, um, uh, for this particular thing. Um, but I spent time watching, uh, this documentary by, Ava DuVernay, uh, I believe I said her name correctly, Ava DuVernay, um, yeah. called 13th, where um, it talks about the history of mass incarceration and how that has affected black men and the black community as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. When you think of the prison population and who's imprisoned, why, they're, um, why they've been imprisoned, and even how the start of our police force here in America even began... Because it started, um, our police force here in America started initially, you know, to catch those free slaves. Wow. I never even knew that. I would mm-hmm. have never known that. Is this on Netflix? Yeah, it's a documentary. It's called 13th. Um, it's by Ava DuVernay. It's an hour, uh, about an hour and 40 minutes. It's a really great documentary. Completely recommend check it. Check it out tonight, for sure. Um, some of the stuff that it goes over can obviously be broadened even more and dived in dived in so deep because there's so much depth and there's so much detail to those particular stories and those moments but it flows very nicely um and the information that that it presents um within its timeline so i do completely recommend it have, yeah man that's how police growing up started. yeah it's it's you know the police are fucked up here, you know, like no doubt, <laughs> like for sure there, you know, here as well. Um, have you had a lot of like run-ins with cops in your own life, like personal racist experiences 
Like, I feel like L.A. is, like, kind of a good place because I don't remember, like, a lot of, like, harsh ra- – There's I don't remember harsh racism in L.A. ever, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like I feel like it's been, like, a like it's a pretty good place in terms of that. Like, like it's a weird thing for me, racism. Like, to see it in L.A., like, uh, like would be weird because I, I, I don't remember growing up and seeing it much. But, like, have you had many experiences? Um. I've seen subtleties within individuals and just people around me, um, people that I've communicated with, um, with cops. I, I try, like, I mean, I drive the speed limit. I try and do anything I can to be invisible to police, (laughs) um, by, you know, the model of car that I drive, how I'm driving what I look like when I drive. I'm like, this stuff goes on in my head. Um, yeah. Constantly. So I remember, um, um, this experience, it wasn't with a cop. Um, I have not had, I'm fortunate enough to currently stand as a black man to not have a negative encounter with, um, with an official, um, in that capacity. Yeah. Um, a lot of the hate um, that I've received has come from my own community, surprisingly. Um, you know, from people that I grew up with, from, you know, these mm-hmm. random kids in the neighborhood, from adults. Um, that's that's where a lot of the harm, you know, within my life has come from. I remember um, um, while I was walking home from school one day, um, I was walking behind, uh, I think you remember this little teen center, um, yeah, of course. There are like basketball courts yeah. behind uh, this area. There are always a lot of kids there, um, and sometimes yeah. there would be different skater groups, kids, you know. Yeah, and there would be different yeah. groups out there like playing Chashi basketball. Skaters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this group um, that I had so come to walk by on this particular day, um, uh, just a group of older men. Uh, I believe uh, the most, the majority of them were um, Hispanic. Um, there yeah, were some kids there. Um, there were some kids there, um, but as you know, even here um, in this area, there are a lot of issues between Hispanics um, and African Americans. Has plagued this area for a while, and mm-hmm. I remember coming home one day, or walking home, and I'm just sitting there, you know. Uh, I was 14 at the time. Yeah. And as I'm crossing uh, this, uh, the side of this basketball court, this man just comes up to me and he's just like his posture um, is really belligerent and it's aggressive um, and it's forward. Like when they pump their chest out, kind of? Like they yeah. their head up and their chest pumped out? Yeah. That well, shit. Yeah. I was a smaller kid then, too. So it was. Um, yeah. The way he just built his body to see, to seem menacing, and then yeah. he just started he started cursing at me. He was calling. He was saying N word this, N word that, and wow. I just I couldn't wow. like I literally could not say anything. And I'm just like looking at him like, and I'm just trying to pull my head down because I'm like I don't understand what's going on. Like why why are you attacking me? I don't know you. Like I have yeah. I've done nothing to you, um, and you're just. Like you literally spewing hatred toward like he just saw me and then just like it was like his whole world shifted and he just darted straight towards me. 
um, and verbally just began just attacking me. And um, if it wasn't for other people who were there to kind of like pull him off, I don't know how aggressive he could have gotten because that whole encounter lasted maybe like 45 to 45 seconds to a minute at most um, Mm -hmm. of just, you know, this character just being really menacing towards me. Um, And then I eventually was able, as they were pulling him away, and I started walking away, you know, you can hear them shouting in the distance, and I eventually got past uh, this little park, and I turned the block, um, and I just started, like, bursting into tears all the way home. Fuck. Um, Because this moment, I couldn't understand, I couldn't fathom. Um, I was like, I don't... Where is this hatred coming from? Why why are you hating me so much? What did I do? Why are you saying these things to me? You don't know me. You don't know my character. Um, you don't know my friends, my family, like all these associations that I have, who I mean to these yeah. individuals, how they see me, you know, the effect that I have, the positive effect that I, I know I have on this world. And you're just... All you can see is my skin color. And that is your fuel. That is your only fuel. Um, it's like a fucking idiot, this guy. You know? Yeah. Like that, That's like a barbaric fucking behavior. Like, I hate that shit. One of the great things about uh, telling this story is that I, um, I told this story <coughs> to my... Bless you. Thank you. Uh, I, I told this story to my... Uh, my theater director at that time, I was in this theater class. Um, and at that time we were putting together, um, these series of, of stories into a play, um, that we were bringing to life. Um, we were telling the stories of certain students. And as I told her, the, uh, this story, she was like, I want to, I want to put this out there, um, in our production. And I was like, what, what? Um, and yeah. I was really uncomfortable yeah, with understand. it at first. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it was really nerve-wracking to so, like visually put your story out there like that. Um, but I was able to share it um, in that sense, and we we put it together in a uh, in this little play called Brave Like Me. Uh, about three years later, after that uh, that had happened. How old was this? How old was this? Uh, how old were you when you performed the play? Uh, I was seventeen. So, uh, yeah, it happened when I was 14. I was 17. I would hate to be the kid that has to play the racist guy. Like, that must be terrible. Oh, do you know who did it? You know him, too. Who who was it? It was uh, Dennis. The guy with the curly hair, right? Uh, Am I thinking about the right person? No, kind of like uh, hippie-ish for the time. Uh, he had long hair. He was kind of like a metalhead-ish type of kid, slightly heavy. He was kind of like time. soft, right? Like he saw, he had like a hippie vibe to him, like kind of like a like a. He wasn't like he wasn't like a Hesher. Like he wasn't like a metalhead metalhead. I remember him like being kind of like like nice, if I remember, right? Yeah, yeah. He was definitely um, yeah a nice guy, which is why him playing that type of character was almost great just because it was the opposite like completely opposite of who he is and who people know him as and so when he was you know literally like on stage he was saying the n-word to to me um and we did get permission to be able to do something like that to be able to tell this story um 
you know, and I, 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 I had to recreate and relive for, I think we performed that show maybe three times, um, you know, those moments, but Plus I was rehearsal enough to be able to tell that story so that, you know, maybe it could have some effect on someone who was there watching. Yeah. Was that like your only big, like a uh, racist moment or like, have you had like many more? Uh, I lived in Texas for eight years. <laughs> I lived in so West Texas for eight years. Um, there are, racism is very subtle. It's very subtle because yeah. it's not someone who's going to scream the N-word to your face. It's not someone that's going to say, hey, I'm not going to hire you because you're black. Um, when, as you move through society... Um, and you hear the way certain people talk um, mm-hmm. when you're in meetings and then when you look around yeah. and you see that you're the only black person in this meeting or when mm-hmm. you go to this event and you're just like, hmm, why am I going to this event? Or why are why at this particular event, when I look around, the majority of these people only look a certain kind of way? Why are they speaking this way? Why are they treating me this way? Um, and it's a lot it's um, there's a (laughs) uh, there's a lot not to necessarily publicly say uh, about that particular situation um, because there Mm -hmm. are different things involved with that Um, but yeah racism in American society is very subtle and it's especially in its language um, because it's not going to be, it's not going to be overt. Um, they're going to use different, you know. They're, I'm trying to refrain from saying certain words just because. Um, Feel free to say anything, man. Like it's okay. Like this is an open, an open platform for you to speak on. Like, like say whatever the fuck. Like it doesn't bother me, you know. No, 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 not to. Might bother some of the you. listeners, There's, but like. There's just there's some undeveloped thoughts I have. Let's just put it that way. Um, okay. I would like to speak one day, but they're not fully formed. So, m- me speaking in a very immature way, I don't think would be the smartest thing for me to do right now. Um, so yeah, they're just not there. I have certain thoughts about this particular subject, but they're not fully formed yet. So I'd like to I had reserve certain opinions. When when I when I was with. When when I was with you in Texas, I experienced something. Ra- I didn't. It wasn't racist towards me, but it was like a very racist thing. And I feel like someone used me as like a tool. Yeah. You know? Okay. I worked at a Stenicol. Do you remember when I when I worked at Stenicol? Yes. So my manager was like this Mexican guy, and uh, I I used to sit next to this uh, black guy named. Uh, I think his name was Dimitri or something. I don't remember his name, to be honest. He was like a really, like, he was younger than me. Like a really sweet kid, like kind of obese. Uh, like young, short, obese. And I remember like this Mexican guy who was, he was kind of scummy. I don't know. He, he just had like this scumbag vibe to, to him. He was like talking to me. And like, he was like, you know, like talking like kind of like in a shady manner. And he was like, mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, like, like, where do you live? And I said, ah, I live like. I live, where was this like in Martin Luther King Street where I lived with you like in that area the apartment complex 
Yeah, that was like, MLK uh, Boulevard. Yeah, so I told him I lived there, like in that area. He's like, oh, you have to, like, why would you live there? It's like full of black people. I'm like right next to this black guy. And then, it, and then like, I was like shocked that like, because, you know, I'm from L.A. And I'm not used to hearing like that kinds of like straight up racism. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, I think like I think black people are kind of stupid. He started like talking this kinds of shit, like, like this like Mexican accent. And I just felt like so fucked up. And especially like and I didn't really know what the fuck to say. And I was wondering, like, I looked to, I looked next to me to like uh, Dimitri and he was just like working there, like just like like just looking straight at his computer in my mind. I'm thinking like, you're not going to fucking say anything like this guy's like being like a fucking racist asshole. Like maybe I should have said something. I just I think mm-hmm. I kind of just disagreed with them. Like I kind of just said like, ah, well, I don't feel that way. But I didn't like argue with him. You know, and I kind of like I, I made it clear that I didn't want to be his friend. But like that was like some horrific shit. Like it made me feel mm-hmm. bad. And I can't imagine how the fuck Dimitri felt in that moment. Like probably really fucked up, you know, mm-hmm. like, wow. Like that's some fucking shit, man. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he's heard it multiple times before and it just didn't even phase him. Not even Honestly. phase him. That's fucking scary. It was just like, why, especially living where he lives, continuously waste your breath on continu- on flagrant ignorance, you know? Racism and hate. Yeah. It's because some people are a, just... A, they, they willfully... That's where they want to be and that's where they enjoy their lives. So. And the racism in Texas, I think, is very systematic. Like, I've noticed, like... In the area where we lived, it was super undeveloped, super fucked, fucking like, like the like the kiosk. There were like a few that were fucked up. You couldn't get like very many. There weren't many takeout options if you wanted like order something. I remember one night I wanted to order a pizza, and like none of the pizza places would show up. And there's just nothing fucking out there. But like, then there's a nice park, and there's a fucking couple cemeteries. Like like, in the, and then like you look at like the white areas over there. You know, and like they're like constantly putting new shit that looks nice. It's like what the fuck? Like, like it mm-hmm. shows you where the where the tax dollars are going. You know, it's like really fucking shady, man. Yeah, it shows you exactly what they care about, what they care to invest in, and not invest in. Yeah, that's you go to any community, especially here in America, and you can see the division just by where people live. For sure. I mean, even like um. Yeah, like, I guess, like, even, like, Compton and South Central and places like that are, like, considerably, like, uglier looking than the cities around them. Mm-hmm. Fucking got a stuffy nose. Like, like it's, like, fucked up. <laughs> I want to blow my nose so badly, not going to do it on the fucking podcast. Allergies. Anyway, like, for... I'm, hopefully, hopefully allergies and not corona. Anyway. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I have a weird... Like, like when it comes to like race, racial things, I don't really feel like anything. Like I'm, a, I'm obviously like a colored person because I'm brown. But like, like you know, like coming from like a mixed home, like I, I feel like, um, like I'm in a racial gray area. Like I, I think like the most harshest people to me were like my own people in Baldwin Park, like the Mexican people who look a lot like me. But, like, they never mm-hmm. really accepted me as one of them, you know? They would, like, I would always get, like, gringo and all these fucking names mm-hmm. and, like, have Mexican people just say, like, ah, oh, but you're, like, white, you know? And, um, 
fucking garbage, man. Like I like it's it's that that always like like it really like formed like uh, it made like how could I say this? I'm like fucking stumbling with my words. <laughs> um, the podcast host, you know, the like it made me not want to be part of that culture. Like it made me want to reject yeah. a part of myself, you know. And then I have like most of my friends are like white. You know, like Ashkenazi Jews and stuff, and they say that like, ah, oh, but we don't really consider you like a brown person. Like you're like a you're like a white person. Like you're not you're not brown. You know, like I well, got and it's this just many because of the way that you, it's just because of the way that you speak and your behaviors and yeah. But at the same time, that's not true. Like I am a colored right. person. Like I am brown. You know, exactly. So like I don't really know where the fuck I fit in. I don't know where the fuck. Like I just feel like. Like, I don't feel too much of everything. Like, I really, at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm Jewish, but I don't really feel Jewish. I'm Mexican, but I don't really feel Mexican at all. Like, I just feel like I'm just, like, this person. Like, this something, you know? Like, this creation. You're Michael. You're a Mexican Jew. Yeah. uh, At least that's just a part of who you are. There are many facets to who we are than just our racial or or ethnic makeup you know i know because you know if you think about just personality and just our thought process and i mean i believe we're something more yeah. than just you know this physical body that we seem to be indebted to and just defined by for sure we as are. we continue through this earth you know but i've come but well, i feel I like there's to a- under- go ahead I feel like there's this sense of like I've always had this sense of not belonging to any culture, like you know, like you're you're like a black man and you belong to the black culture and you have like your brothers and sisters, and I don't really feel like I'm like seriously at the end of the day I don't feel like I have that with anybody, you know I just feel like yeah, there's my family and there's my friends and I don't feel like like even when they talk about like people of color and oppression like on on some level just based off like the way I was raised and I don't I haven't had any like too many personal racial experiences that were like really fucked up and traumatizing and i i don't really feel like that fully like like speaks for me you know like i i never felt like such an oppressed individual in my life Mm -hmm. which is fucked up in a sense have you ever i mean have you ever seen yourself within other people like what do you mean like i'm sure like you're jewish right yeah so having not a good um, Jew well I'm not, it's not talking about a good or bad or this or that yeah part of part of who you are is you you know in your history and your ethnic makeup you are Jewish and yeah. so when you th- think about um the holocaust or when you think about those stories um and the mm-hmm. camps um is there any part of you that feels for them because they that is your history that is your lineage those are your people you know that's where you come from that's part of your dna and then when you think about well, even let further me tell you. oppression you know especially within the mexican community um in mexico with everything going on just across that border and the oppression that you know brown people face here in America as well. That's it's a lot, you know. Um, yeah, I understand maybe in like your to, personal life, but you know, 
You it's like this. Like let me tell, let me tell you. Like, so my my grandmother's expen- extensive family, like all her cousins and like all all her like aunts and uncles, were all killed in the Holocaust in Ukraine. And like I guess that like that like it's like a connection for sure. But and I'm I've always been interested in Holocaust things, but like. I don't feel like so touched. I feel like a lot of people have interest in the Holocaust because it was just a very interesting time in the world. Like I'm sure even you've had like you've thought about it and wondered about it. Like we all have. Oh, of course, yeah. I I know about the Holocaust. I visited. Yeah. Go ahead. But like it's something I could tell you. It's something that I could joke around about. It's like something I could like. Like it's not like something that like burdens my soul. Like there's some people, there's some people I know who like take it like so fucking seriously, you know. And like I've never been like that. Like it's a sad thing. I would never want to go to Auschwitz to see the camps because I think that would be a fucked up day. Like I don't even want to experience that kind of fucking horror, <laughs> like to actually see those places. But like, I yeah, I don't know. Like, I, think, I don't like. I feel like what you're happened. talking about is even just because of the society that we live in you are afforded a certain amount of privilege to not have to experience certain types of things and certain types of yeah. injustices, um, maybe just because how your life has come to turn out. And I think in that sense and in that understanding, you know, you can even be a bigger help, especially now that you have, you know, you have a really great podcast and you're a great writer. Um, I think yeah. in that sense, it becomes not necessarily about feeling like you have to carry all of these burdens um but even realizing that and trying to use those tools in some type of way um to to be a voice you know is something that's beneficial i don't feel like you know you have to feel burdened or be burdened um to feel like you're a part of something or making an impact because things can be made in so many different types of ways in in like when it comes to like my Mexican side, like I, I think it's like really interesting. Of course, I kept up with like families being separated, but I also don't feel like this huge connection to that, you know. Because my my dad, in growing up, he made it like very clear, like like he's Mexican American, like four generations, and I'm like five generations. He he made it very clear, like we're not like he used to make fun of like immigrants and stuff, and he made it very clear that like we're different from them, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like too connected to that at all either, you know, and which is weird. I have to tell you, like my 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 dad, especially since Trump has gotten into office, he's become very conservative. Like he voted he voted for Obama for the last two elections with Obama, but mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure my dad voted for Trump, and now he's becoming like he sent me this video the other day, which I don't I didn't respond to it because I didn't even know what the fuck to say. But it said, mm-hmm. it said, like, Latino lives matter. And it was just videos of, like, black people being mean to, like, Hispanic people. And I, and I, I was just thinking, like, what the fuck does this even mean? Like, yo, like, it showed, like, a, a black guy, like, right. slapping a taco vendor. And I'm like, yo, like, growing up, like, you made fun of these taco vendor people. Like, why are you sending me this video? Like, what the <laughs> fuck does this supposed to even mean to me, you know? <laughs> like, um. Wow. Yeah, like I, it's weird. I guess like what you just get to a certain age, like you turn fifty and you become like more conservative or something. Like I don't understand it. Possibly, um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like maybe something like that happens. I remember um, 
um, my father sending me something on Facebook too. And I was just like, he had sent me it the first time and I clicked on it and I was like, I'm not watching this. And, yeah. and then he sent me something else and I just read the headline and I was like, I'm not watching this. And then he called me to talk about it. Um, and then I listened, you know, um, yeah. and he was going on and on about something and this certain type of this weird conspiracy. Um, and I sit, sat there and listened. He's like, yeah, I watched the video, watch the video. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll watch it. And I was like, I'm not watching this video. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know um, if, you know, as we get older, you know, I'm pretty sure because, I mean, our mindsets from when we were, you know, 21 to where we are now are different. We're in, I think we're in a different place. Um, and so I think as we get older, we might grow to being in different places. But I think if we know who we are, place. I think if we already yeah. know who we are, um, that nothing can really change that. Yeah. You know, maybe certain things just kind of really continuously just eventually show who you are. I hope. Um, <laughs> anyway, Marcos, we've been going for 51 minutes. How do you feel about ending this podcast? How do you feel about like uh, signing us off? Um, I feel good. Um, I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful um, to be able to share something um, in regards to what's going on here um, in America and in Los Angeles. Um, and even a little bit of my story um, for people out there to hear and to listen, to hopefully understand um, and to grasp an idea of what one person is experiencing here. Um and it's um, in my own degree. Um, and so I thank you for that platform and I thank you for letting me share that. And no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Any, uh, as a departing, departing sentence, do you think there's a lot of good hope for America in the future? Uh, I think it's going to take time. Uh, I, I, I am a person who has hope um, and who is optimistic. And I believe that it can happen. I think it needs to happen in a worldwide effort um, because I don't believe it's only America that needs change. Um, I think we, um, as humanity, need change. Um, For sure. I, I believe America will push forward towards it. Um, I will do what I can. I hope other people do what they can um, within their lives to educate themselves and push forward causes whether they have to protest um whether they have to share something on social media whether they have to talk to a friend or a family member any of those outlets you know are great go read a fucking book yeah. watch a fucking documentary sure. <laughs> totally agree people need to do that more yeah. um, all right marcos you have a good night thanks for being here all right thank you good night good night
narcotics. You rather see me in the pen than me and Lorenzo rolling in a benzo. Be the police out of shape, and when I finish, bring the yellow tape to tape off the scene of the slaughter. Still getting swallowed up bread and water. I don't know if they fags or what. Such a nigga down and grabbing his nuts. And on the other hand, without a gun, it can't get none. But don't let it be a black and a white one. Cause they'll slam you down to the street top. Black police showing out for the white cop. Ice Cube will swarm on any motherfucker in a blue uniform. Just cause I'm from the CPT. with the gun and if I'm rolling up the eight he'll be the one that I take out 
away while I'm driving off laughing. This is what I'll say. Fuck the police. You're being a redneck, white bread, chicken shit, motherfucker. Wait, that's a lie. That's a goddamn lie. Get him out of here. I want justice. Get him the fuck out my I want face. Justice. Out right now. Fuck you, you black motherfucker. Fuck the police. Fuck the police. Fuck the police.